Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Jed Talks. My name is Jed Shepard and I am your host. On today's show I'm interviewing Alexandre O'Philippe, who is the writer-director of the brand new documentary film Leap of Faith, which arrives on Shudder on Thursday this week, uh, which is today when this episode comes out. Hope you guys have been well in the last week today. Just been announced that Host is up for a bunch of uh, Biffa Awards, British Independent Film Awards. I've been nominated for Best Breakthrough Writer, which is really cool. And uh, there are a lot more to, to, to be announced as well. And producer Douglas Cox has been announced uh, as Breakthrough Producer too, which is really, really cool. And the awards are in February, so stay tuned to see if we actually win any but it's really nice to be nominated really appreciate them nominating us also host is out in a couple of weeks time theatrically in the uk um it's opened theatrically in united arab emirates at the moment and then some other places at the end of november but mostly in the uk it's the first week of december so really looking forward to going to the cinema every single day dragging all my friends there to see host once again for the 50 millionth time Without further ado, this is my Jed Talks with Alexandre O'Philippe, and it's great. If you're into documentary films especially, this is for you. Um, it genuinely is the best, probably the definitive exorcist documentary out there, and that's high praise because there are some really great ones out there. The Mark Commode one's great, but for me, this is now the definitive one. On today's show, got a great guest. Uh, it's Alexandra Philippe, who is the writer-director of the upcoming Shudder film, uh, Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist, which I've uh, recently seen and I, I was blown away. It's amazing. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, films and documentaries about The Exorcist, but for me, this is genuinely the, be the best one. So I'm really, um, I'm really uh, happy to be speaking to you right now. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, so before we get into that particular film, um, you've made quite a lot of these uh, documentary films about uh, certain certain films. Um, I've also seen seen your one about uh, the Hitchcock film Psycho, which is which is which is great. What is it about um, documentaries about film? Do you do you um, do you like? Is there a reason why you do those specifically? Well, I mean, you know, obviously I'm passionate, uh, you know, that I think that that definitely comes across. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm hoping it does anyway. Um, but um, well, you know, I, I, I've um, I'm really interested in uh, movies and uh, scenes that uh, become essentially, you know, cultural moments. Yeah. Um, and obviously Psycho, uh, obviously Alien, obviously The Exorcist, um, obviously Star Wars. Um, you know, there's 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 a handful of movies out there that have um, that have really become events, and you know that you know here we are, you know, uh, decades later, and we're still talking about them, and there's a reason for that, and so. So I'm, you know, I, I have an interest in that. I have an interest, in, obviously, in pop culture, um, but I'm, I'm also, um, I, I love to do deep dives, and I love to dissect and deconstruct. Um, and um, you know, I think, I think 1752, which was the the film that you mentioned about the the psycho shower scene, yeah. um, 
was essentially the first of a trilogy of films, uh, you know, which led to Memory, the one Alien, and then, of course, this one. And, and each one is completely different and completely unique. I mean, this is obviously a very sort of intimate portrait, one-on-one uh, -on -one yeah. with William Friedkin and a deep dive into his process as a filmmaker. And, um, you know, so they're all very different, but I think, I think at the end of the day, uh, each of them explores those films, which have been explored before, but in a, in a new way, in a different way and uh, through a different lens. Uh, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and like I say, there have been quite prominent um, documentaries about these films before because they're all, as you say, they're cultural kind of touchstones. Um, they're, they're, they're large in pop culture and there's a lot of people who, who love these films. So it must be quite daunting going into a project like this, knowing you have the eyes of the world on you um, and anything <laughs> you do and say could potentially um, affect how they feel about their, their favourite movies. Because I, watch, I watched Memory, The Origins of of, of Alien as well and, and again you came at a new angle it felt fresh and not because if you look on YouTube and you type in uh, Aliens documentary there's there's like 35 of them <laughs> there's, there's so many of them there's so many and there's only so many times you can see the same footage again and again and again but you've managed to kind of make it feel fresh and, and, and come out at a different point of view and I wonder if that comes where did that come from? Like, let's go back to the start because a lot of people who listen to this particular podcast are upcoming filmmakers, people who want to get into all manner of um, areas in, in film. So what was your start? What kind of made you get into this particular field? I, you know, that was actually really sort of by mistake uh, in, in a way. I, um, I was not at all planning. First of all, I wasn't planning on being a filmmaker. I was, um, when I was in my, in my teens, I was... Uh, uh, you know, follow the path to be a golf professional, believe it or not, which wow. is, um, <laughs> uh, couldn't be farther from, from filmmaking. But, uh, you know, then I went, I went back to college and, and, uh, you know, the one thing is that, is that I've always been a cinephile since I was a kid and, um, and I was always, uh, writing creatively. And so I, I, you know, I, I went back to, to college on, uh, as an undeclared major and, and by chance took some theater classes and wrote my first play uh that play was produced um in a you know a couple of different professional theaters and you know i was 21 and so i thought oh, i want to be a playwright you know and yeah. and so you know so then i i transferred to nyu to the the dramatic writing program and um and and that's where basically you know like i had no choice i had to write plays and screenplays even though i thought i wanted to be a playwright um, I had to also write screenplays and that's where I reconnected with my love of, um, of, of cinema. And I realized I was much more of a, of a visual thinker. Um, and, you know, I had a couple of screenplays that were, that got a lot of attention. I was getting a lot of meetings and, you know, got them optioned and, but they didn't quite, you know, happen. And, uh, and at that time I remember being really frustrated with that process and thinking, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the guy who's going to keep writing spec script upon spec script to just wait for somebody to maybe produce yeah. it. I'm just going to make films. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and at the time I, I had $5,000 to, to spend on, I mean, that's, that's what I had. And, um, I made a film. Uh, it was a, it was a bad one and it was, you know, it was a documentary. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very unique, quirky little film. Uh, and then that sort of uh, launched everything and, and step by step made another one, another one, another one. And, and uh, you know, here I am. 
That's great. And you, you made some, <laughs> you, you've made you've made some ones that I didn't realize you'd made them. And I've, I, I've seen, I feel like I've seen almost all of your films. Like, and so the people versus George <laughs> Lucas um, is, is, is great. And yeah. I, I remember when that came out and there was quite a lot of buzz about it. And then you oh, yeah. made, made Doc of the Dead as well, which I absolutely love. Um, um, really, yeah. really good doc- documentary. So you've been, you've been doing this for a while and you've been knocking it out of the park. Like you've, <laughs> you've honestly made some of the best genre documentaries like that there are. Um, Very much. I appreciate that. Do you feel like the uh, 7852, the, the Hitchcock one was the one that, that kind of uh, pushed you into the eyes of, of many people? Do you think that that was, or do you think Doc of the Dead may have already done that? Maybe. Well, it, it it was it was kind of a several step process. I, you know, the first the first big one really was the people because you know that was that yeah. was the first one that um, you know for the first time instead of me trying to submit to festivals like festivals were coming to me and they were like you know we <laughs> want no I was That's like a good position what's going to be, on yeah. <laughs> this is a new thing you know and then. And then that was the first one that I, you know, I, I did a, it was a very crazy extensive world tour. It was almost like two years um, traveling mm. around the world and, and, you know, and, and uh, so that was the first, you know, the first one and 1752 uh, definitely took things to the next level. Um, obviously with Sundance, mm. uh, you know, you, you, people look at you very differently and I think yes. it's got a different kind of, you know, distribution and, and, uh, and attention. And I mean, it's, it's weird to think now, you know, when I was, when I think about my first, you know, decade or 12 years as a filmmaker, you know, you keep knocking on the, on Sundance's door or whatever. And mm-hmm. if somebody had told me, you know, uh, in 2017, you'll have your first Sundance film. And then, and then three years later, you'll have actually had three films at Sundance. I'd be like, you're crazy nice. that's great but, but, but here we go <laughs> you know so I, it's very strange you know it's it's a strange um yeah it's it's a very strange um profession uh in in so yeah. many ways but I'm, i feel blessed that i i've i've gotten to meet so many wonderful people along the way i mean the genre community especially is just oh yeah incredible you know definitely um, i mean i've had um you know, yeah, the, the filmmakers, the festival directors. I mean, yeah. uh, just everybody, the fans. I mean, everybody is. Uh, it's just one big family. You know? Yeah, I was going to say the, the the horror community. It's especially if you're doing anything even remotely uh, leaning, leaning towards horror, it feels yeah. like they wrap their arms around you and protect you from the rest of the they world. Do. They they really do. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, so so let's get let go on to the. The kind of the, the main event, uh, leap of faith, uh, yeah, yeah. on the Exorcist. Now, I personally have seen. I've been to talks with with William Friedkin. I've seen him talk. Yeah. That guy can talk for for, for America. <laughs> he is a talker. Um, yeah. So my first question yeah. is, how did you edit it down? All the stuff that he, <laughs> because I bet you he had so much to say about this film. Um, what was well, it like it- working with him? Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, that's an understatement. I, um, uh, you know, and 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 just to, for for context, you know, I think uh, you know, basically, it's important to say that this this film is essentially the result of six days of interviews on on The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, and so to you know, to, but to answer your question, it's it's not it's not it's never a question of editing it down. Mm-hmm. It's a question of structuring it. Right. And so, uh, because if you, if you think about editing it down, you're going to, you're going to lose your mind, right? It's, it's like, how, how do you, how do you edit down, you know, say 
these interviews? How do you edit down? You know, when we did the People versus George Lucas, I mean, we had we did 126 interviews ourselves, and we had wow. I think 634 hours of submitted footage from fans. Oh, so, wow. uh, so this was a lot easier. What you're saying is this was a lot easier. Oh, this was a lot easier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, trust me. Trust me. This was a lot easier. Um, but uh, yeah, so you have to sort of follow, you have to have a real sense of the project, what the structure is. And, you know, and of course, this being, you know, nonfiction filmmaking, then, you know, things uh, change along the way, evolve along the way. And sometimes you'll make changes. And, and obviously, I have a, you know, uh, I've been very fortunate to work with some wonderful editors. And I still do. And uh, mm -hmm. David Lawrence, who edited uh, Leap of Faith, was uh, it was a first time uh, working with him, um, working on a new another project with him right now. Um, he's he's just awesome. And uh, so we um, we worked a lot on shaping the film. You know, the 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 way it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's to, like I say. I've seen a lot of documentaries about this subject. It's one of the the most beloved horror films of all time. But yeah. it it just felt really fresh. And I feel like I've heard a lot of freaking stories about The Exorcist. But I feel like in this particular documentary. There's a lot that I, I didn't know and I didn't hear. I, I love the stuff about the, the music side and and uh, his frustrations with the music and then finally finding the, the, the right stuff. Just his journey in his head. And um, it's, it's, it's just great to, to, to behold. Um, did, did you find that? Because at some times in, in the documentary, he may have been quite close to the bone in, in, in kind of calling people out um, in terms of, their work wasn't good enough or etc did you find yourself having to um almost not put in some of the stuff he said just just so he wouldn't get himself into trouble or did or are we seeing the the kind of the the, the cream of the crop um in, in his interviews no there's there's really this is, I mean, the, the thing that's, you know, quite remarkable is, is, you know, how much leeway he, I mean, he gave me totally, you know, he gave me 100% sort of trust mm -hmm. and carte blanche and mm -hmm. never asked to watch anything and, and never, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty, you know, I mean, in fact, he wanted to watch the first film to experience the first film, the, the film for the first time uh in front of the audience at venice oh wow for the world premiere uh you know very sadly he, he became quite ill yeah uh so literally a few days before i was flying to venice he you know he couldn't make it mm -hmm. um and so at that point he asked me to send you know to send him the link and and he just asked for just literally uh two very small tweaks things that he had said that you know, he felt were maybe a little bit ungracious. Um, and so I, I removed, you know, I removed those, but that was, you know, I mean, that, that, that was it. I mean, he was, um, I mean, the, the email that he sent me um, about the film um, and it was, I mean, it was, you know, I, I became that little kid, you know, just yeah. ball, I ball. like I was, I was so, I mean, you know, like he, he basically said he was overwhelmed by it and, and um, profoundly moved by, by the film. And, um, you know, it's like the, the kind of email that I should probably frame it, you know, because to have an email like this from William Friedkin is, um, it, it's really something. Uh, I, can, I can only imagine that the guy is a absolute legend <laughs> and he's literally made some of the best films of all time. So uh, that's crazy. So like, what I want to know is oh, yeah. how, how you prepared for this. Like, knowing that you were going to do a documentary mm -hmm. about the ex and first of all why why did you pick the subject and what was your preparation 
and going into it? Well, so I didn't pick it. I, I, I didn't pick it. And I think that's important to know. He right. um, I, actually, I was at the Sigit Film Festival in Spain in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was, I was uh, on tour with 1752. And then he was there for, um, he was getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, he called me to his table one day. I was having lunch on the port actually with Gary Sherman. And, and uh, he invited me to his table. And, um, you know, I heard about 1752 and wanted to tell me some stories about Hitchcock and, and then he grabbed my phone and and gave me his number and he said, uh, you know, when you're in when you're in LA, uh, next time I want to buy you lunch. I said, well, okay, you know, amazing. And uh, <laughs> and and I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things. You're like, okay, what's going on, you know? And um, and and, <laughs> and and basically, he, you know, he um, he d- during lunch, you know, the conversation. Uh, very quickly switched to the exorcist. I mean, clearly he had something in mind Yeah, and uh, you know, and he started telling me about his, uh, his archives and he said, you know, if you wanted to, uh, to have access, I'd give you access. Wow. <laughs> That's a dream. Like, what are you talking about here? You know, like, what are you getting at? You know? And he's like, well, you know, he says, why don't you read my autobiography? And if, if you find an angle, just let me know. You know? So that, that was pretty clear what, yeah. what, what uh, he's, what he meant. So, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I immediately, uh, uh, told him, I said, I said, uh, well, you know, I said, I would like to approach it, uh, uh the way, you know, I, I would, I would like to use the Hitchcock Truffaut model of, of interviews mm-hmm. and, uh, and basically do, just completely crack open the exorcism. So instead of just going through your entire, uh, chronological filmography, I would just like to focus, uh, do a series of interviews just on The Exorcist. And we'll talk about your process. We'll talk about art. We'll talk about music. We'll talk about, we won't talk about special effects because that's been well documented, but we'll talk about your process as a filmmaker. And he says, that sounds fantastic and ambitious. How many days do you need? You know? Um, so we started with three and then it went to four and it went to five and then went to six and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, look, I'm, we're still talking, you know, like I, I, I'm still, I'm still learning stuff every, you know, I talked to him yesterday actually, or two days ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's always, he's amazing. Uh, he's just amazing. So, uh, so my process was I, I took the exorcist, uh, with me to, um, uh, actually an Airbnb in Bodega, which, uh, is where obviously Hitchcock shot the birds. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I wanted a beautiful sort of idyllic place to work, um, that would sort of counterbalance the intensity of the exorcist. Mm-hmm. And I, so I took the film with me and my routine every day, I would wake up at five 30 in the morning, the fog, right by the Potter school where of course the famous scene from the birds was shot. And Amazing. Tip my head, tip my head to Hitchcock, go on the beach, go for like a long walk, <laughs> grab my coffee, get to my Airbnb, watch the exorcist. And then, and then the rest of the day start sort of thinking about what emerged that day, what came out, you know, start working on structuring my interview questions and my notes and all of that. So I watched the exorcist basically every day for 30 days. Um, which I do not recommend you do at home. <laughs> oh, I've, I've done that before in, in like, as a teenager, I've done that before every single day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and we both turned out okay, didn't we? That's, yeah, exactly. Not too bad. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how it went. And, and, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, just thinking back on, on, on those days, on that process, on, uh, how much I've got, you know, this really, this sort of, personal masterclass with, with Billy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where I would just 
you know, he, there was never anything I wouldn't, I couldn't ask him or, or, you know, there was no, obviously no taboo subjects. I mean, there's no such thing as taboo with him. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but this, this eagerness that he had to really sort of, uh, you know, dive really deep. Um, and, and also to show, I think a very different side uh, of his personality. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, he is, as you, as you said, he's this extraordinary storyteller. He mm-hmm. is, um, he's a showman, but you know, but when he starts talking about grace notes, about faith and faith, about Zen gardens, about these things, yeah, like he completely for loop, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm really glad that we're, we get to see in Leap of Faith that side of him, which I think has been elusive uh, to date. Oh, uh, definitely. Um, I think he comes across really, really well in, in the documentary. Do you, do you, when you structure the documentary, do you have almost like a, a storyline um, in mind almost that you edit to, or you get the editor to edit to? Do you have like a general yeah. view of where it will end up? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you. Well, sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. There's a, some. You have to have a spine. You have to have a, 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 at least when you when you begin the process, you have to have a general idea of where you want the story to go yeah. and how it's going to evolve. Uh, what I did not know uh, until day four of interviews is that is that the movie would end up on uh, the Kyoto Zen Gardens because that was not even something that was you know, mentioned or brought up. And, yeah. and I remember this on day four, um, I think we had a, a short break um, after a couple of hours or something. And and then out of the blue, he said, did I tell you about Kyoto? <laughs> I said, no. He said, okay, let me tell you about Kyoto. So he's like, are we rolling? I'm like, yeah, all right, we're rolling. And, uh, and, and then he launched into this just extraordinary uh, monologue. And I, I, you know, it's, uh, it, it's pretty extraordinary to yeah. see him. I mean, that the amount of emotion to see him tearing up about this Zen garden that he saw 30, you know, uh, well, actually, no, like 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, and I remember, you know, right then and there, I mean, two things, you know, I, as this was unfolding, um, I remember thinking, okay, that, this is the end of the film because that's the essence of freaking. Yeah. So we have to end on that note. And then secondly, I, I started sort of panicking inside because I'm like, okay, so we, we have, we're going to have to go to Kyoto. We don't have the budget to go to Kyoto, but we're <laughs> going to have to find a way to get to Kyoto because there's no other way. Yeah. Know? And, uh, and I'm so glad that we did. I'm so glad that we did. Um, so that, that's one of those moments that sort of changed, you know, um, I guess the, the, you know, structurally the film, because, you know, now, now everything had to sort of point towards that and lead to that in a way. Um, but that's the beauty of, you know, of um, nonfiction filmmaking. That's, that's, that's what I like about it. And, um, you know, you have those surprises and, and you have to sort of really trust your instincts and listen to that. Um, because when something like this happens, you have to pay attention, uh, that it's, it's just this, uh, you know, this is what, what Friedkin would refer to as the movie gods, you know, giving you this gift yeah. and then you have to, you have to recognize that it's a gift and then you have to uh, make the most of it. That's great. And, and I've, um, I've seen him talk, he has so many great films. When you, when you finished speaking to him, was there anything in you that thought, 
okay, let's do this again, like another freaking movie. Is there any <laughs> is there any other films of his that you'd like to potentially dive into and deep dive into and and do a film about? Because because one I saw him have a do a talk after a screening of To Live and Die in LA. And he yeah. has some crazy stories about that film being oh, raided by being raided by the FBI, all manner of crazy things happening with the cast. Um, yeah. That I mean, it's it's not a horror film, but it's it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is there you any know, others? I mean, you know, I I, um, I mean, look, I, and you know, I, I could spend the rest of my life sitting across from Billy and just talking <laughs> to him. You know, like I mean, honestly, yeah. like that's uh, uh, that's a no brainer. I think if I were to do if I if I were to pick one, I would, it would be Sorcerer. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but I don't, I don't think, you know, and I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think he, he would be game to do another one like this. I think he's, uh, you know, he's been struggling with his health quite mm-hmm. a bit. And, um, and I think, you know, um, yeah. And I, and I, and I need to, you know, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm moving on in the sense I'm, I'm, I'm making other, you know, projects obviously right now as well. Yeah. But uh, that said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always, always happy to talk to him and to stay in touch. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like every conversation I have with him is just a, it's just a gift, you know, it's, he's, um, yeah. there's so much to learn, you know, and he's very funny too. He's just, he's hilarious. He, yeah. <laughs> makes me, he makes me laugh, you know, a lot. Yeah. That's great. And <laughs> when you, when you've, um, when you, when the dust has settled on this a little bit, what are you up to next then? What, can, is there anything that you can tell us about that your future project? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I'm actually deep in. Uh, I mean, I, I never let the dust settle. For uh, <laughs> I, I'm always, I'm always up to to, to something. Uh, yeah, I'm actually working on two two features right now. Uh, mm-hmm. One is about um, uh, Ford Monument Valley and the Myth of the West, uh, oh. and it's sort of uh, it's a deep dive into the the essentially this idea of sort of iconography and how you know because i remember being a kid and obviously in growing up in switzerland and you know um you know you you it's weird that you have these you think of monument valley and that embodies the west and it embodies america and you're thinking why yeah uh so these images you know there's something that and obviously through repetition especially through john ford who did so many westerns there and then how how this iconography has then been taken by other filmmakers um, is something that's always really interested me. So so that's one project. The other one is um, uh, very unique. It's it's about it's called Lynch Oz, and it's about the relationship between the Wizard of Oz and the films of David Lynch. Wow, so, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So um, so we're we're in you know deep in production on both. Uh, both of them are audio only interviews, uh, which is great because they're COVID proof. Uh, of projects. course. Yeah. So yeah. We're, um, so we're, you know, we're working around the clock on both projects. We're looking to have the Valley um, hopefully premiering in this, the fall of 2021 and then Lynch us in the spring of 2022. That's the, that's the plan right now. That's great. And just, just, just quickly before, before we wrap up, um, this is going to be, um, this, this episode will be released, uh, the same days as the films released on, on Shudder. Um, cool. wh- what was your, what was your, um, kind of introduction to Shudder? Like, did, did they come to you or did you kind of put yourself out there? Uh, well, no, you know, we, we have, you know, we're working with, uh, with sales agents, obviously. And, you know, but we've known, we've known the Shutter team for, for a while. And, yeah. and, uh, in fact, we had met them, 
um, at Sundance uh, when the year of memory and uh, we had a sit down meeting with them and um, you know, just like a coffee. And we, we had, you know, we told them then that we were working on this film. So I, I think it was on their radar right. and um, you know, and, and uh, they made us an offer we couldn't refuse. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, I'm really looking yeah. forward to everyone else watching this documentary. It's honestly for me, the definitive exorcist documentary now. Um, and yeah, really pleased to have you on the show and, and, and hopefully people out there uh, will watch it and comment. Is there, is there a place on, on the social networks they can find you and tell you how great this documentary is? Well, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Um, right. I don't, I don't do Twitter, but uh, <laughs> if, you search, uh, if you search Alexander Philippe and then of course, exhibited pictures uh, is on, is on uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter actually. Uh, so mm -hmm. I definitely encourage people to, uh, you know, to follow us uh, on, on social media and that way they can learn about what we're up to and what's coming up next and, and all that. So um, definitely. Alexandre, thank you very much for, for coming on my, on my show. And thank you. No problem. Um, and everyone out there, I'll see you next week. And that was my Jed Talks with Alexandra O'Philippe. That was great. I love speaking to filmmakers who are as passionate about filmmaking and films as I am. He obviously has, he leans towards horror, which is which is great. Um, go watch all the rest of his stuff. It, it's brilliant. His Aliens one, his uh, George Romero one, his George Lucas one, his Hitchcock one. So, so, so good. The guy has a talent for making film documentaries and I can't wait for you all to see it. Out today on Shudder. Let me know what you think about it on Twitter. You can find me there at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. So thanks very much for listening to my Jed Talks and I'll see you next week. Yeah.